It's good to see you all this morning. I just want to make uh, just a follow-up comment about our offering and just just to make mention again of one of the partnerships that we have here at the church, what we like to do as a church, we want to support organizations that are doing good things here in our city and now also internationally, we, we do this on a monthly basis. And one of those organizations, organizations that we support is Samaritan's Purse. And if you don't know, Samaritan's Purse is a Christian relief organization. And anytime something happens around the world, some sort of disaster, earthquake, different things like that, Samaritan's Purse is, generally speaking, one of the first responders. And one of the areas that Samaritan's uh, Purse is responding right now is in Pakistan. There has been terrible flooding uh, just throughout this year in Pakistan. And as far as I understand, I did a little research on this, like a third of their nation is like underwater. So many people displaced, going through a difficult time. And Samaritan's Purse is responding right now. And we, as a church, we give financially every month to Samaritan's Purse to be able to support the work they're doing around the world. And just... um, Just from their website, it says, through your generosity, we are distributing emergency food, safe water, and shelter materials, and they do all of that in Jesus' name. And we know that we can't necessarily jump on a plane and and go to Pakistan, but because of our generosity, we are able to respond, and we're able to respond in Jesus' name. So that's one of the good things that we do here at the church. Um, So we are, this whole fall, we are going through this series, Jesus the Disciple Maker. And what our intention is this fall is that we can reach out um, maybe to somebody who doesn't know God, do the Great Commission, which we'll read here in a second, but then also us as individual followers of Jesus, that we can lean into growth. And if we're going to lean into growth, that means we have to change, and if we have to change, maybe we do some things differently. So one of the recommendations I have for you this fall is we have some note paper um, in the lobby. I believe it's at the info desk, and what I recommend for you to do is to take some notes during the message. Now, I know this might be a foreign idea to many people, um, and this is why I'm introducing it to you, um, so that as, as I'm speaking and other people are speaking this fall and as we're reading the scriptures, um, our expectation as we pray for you and as we pray for the service is that God will quicken something to you, in other words, make something alive to you by his spirit. In other words, minister something to you directly about your life. And so you don't want to let that go by. You don't want to miss that. And the reason that we have this note paper is so you can write those things down, or maybe if you're taking notes um, in your phone, but I recommend uh, that you take some notes on the bottom of our note page. I believe this to be true is note takers are history makers. So we could be making history in our lives um, by following uh, the scripture and what the word of God would be saying to us. So as I mentioned, this fall, we wanna wanna set our target. We wanna know what we're doing this fall as a church. And um, as we think about this fall and what's going on this fall as a church, you know, there's always a room for you to invite somebody to church who's far from God. And just don't invite them to church, say, hey, I'll buy you lunch afterwards and we could talk about the service, we could talk about Jesus, that you would invest into somebody who may be on your street, on the job, maybe that you have a relationship, maybe that you already love and are nice to, because those are the things that you should be doing with the people in your life. You should be nice to the people in your life, right? Yeah, followers of Jesus love them, care about them, interested in them. And what we should desire for them is for them to have a relationship with God. So you can always invite somebody to church. And like I said, last week, we promised we won't be weird. Um, We will be here ministering the gospel, leading people in worship, talking to people about Jesus. So you can invite someone to church and bring them and hopefully they will make a decision for Jesus and you can pray for them. 
But then for us who are followers of Jesus, we want to grow and be discipled. And last week we kicked off this series and talked about this is God's desire for us. Romans 8 talked about that we are predestined according to the will of God to move to the image of Jesus. That there's purpose beyond you just saying yes to Jesus and going to heaven after you die or having you know, Jesus return, hopefully Jesus returns soon. Sooner than later, that would be a good thing. And, but we just don't wanna play this waiting game of, okay, I said yes to Jesus, now I'm just waiting till I die. Or I said yes to Jesus, or I'm just waiting for his return, that he has a discipleship plan for us, a plan for us to grow and to change, not remain the same. He loves you too much to leave you the way you are. He wants all of us to grow and to change and move into this image of Christ that we have been saved, yes, followers of Jesus. That our our righteousness is not gonna grow, that we are righteous in God. Thank God for that truth. But then our sanctification, that means to be set apart for the plans and purposes of God. That is a lifetime journey, the rest of your life until you die or the rest of your life until Jesus returns. Moving into this image of Jesus. Matthew chapter 28, here, the Great Commission, Jesus gives us the purpose for the church. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So this is what we should be doing as a church and this is what we intend to do with all of our environments, with kids and students and adults, that we are making disciples. In other words, growing up into the image of Christ and for us to make other people disciples, we have to be committed to being a disciple ourselves, not just Christian in name only, not just identify with Jesus, but no, disciple means to be a learner, a grower, a pupil of God. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna be doing a a water baptism service. I know the date on our announcement slide I think is actually wrong right now. We're gonna be doing this in November. But if you are a follower of Jesus and you have never been water baptized as an adult, and if you got baptized as a child, that's something that your parents did for you. Praise God for that. Um, But as an adult, you need to go public with your faith and say, yes, I follow Jesus. And when we get water baptized, we are telling that story. And not only are we telling that story, we're telling it publicly. That I follow Jesus. When I go under the water, it's representative of me dying with Christ. And when I come up out of the water, it's me uh, risen to new life in Christ, that my sins are washed away that I come up free from sin. And so you can sign up for that at our info desk and then also at our website. And then verse 20 says this, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Proclaiming the gospel, but then also following the teachings of Jesus, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So it's not just a salvation moment we're after. Everybody needs to have a salvation moment, but to observe the teachings of Jesus is a part of the great commission that we would be learners and growers and we would want other people to discover life in Christ and then have them become learners and growers. So as a church, we have... So many opportunities this fall for you to learn and to grow. We're gonna have times of worship when we can move closer to Jesus like we just had, reminding ourselves about the goodness of God, the miracle working power of God, and all of these different aspects of God's character. All of these things can happen in a worship time. We're gonna have preaching times like we're doing right now so that we can learn and grow. And you're gonna take notes, right? Amen. (laughs) 
There's gonna be opportunities for us to serve, to serve other people here in the church and to serve at different places in the city, and we will talk about those things. Um, there's an, an opportunity every Sunday to be generous, to realize that I get to give back to God what he's given to me. I'm gonna honor God with my tithes and offerings, and that's showing a bit of maturity that I'm not just showing up to church and, and having somebody else give. No, I'm gonna be a part of that generous spirit because God has given to me. So here's some characteristics of discipleship. For us, to be a disciple, we might have to learn some new disciplines. Everybody say disciplines. Do you like that word disciplines? Do you like to do disciplines? Not always. We don't always like new disciplines. We don't always like to maybe change up our eating habits or change our exercise routine or have an exercise routine. We don't necessarily like all of those things, but we know all of those disciplines can be good for our physical body. But what about for our spiritual existence? What about the real you on the inside of your body? That we would grow and we would grow closer to God, that our, that our faith would be strengthened in God and who he is, that I could fully rest on him that we would want to grow and we would want to change. So maybe we need to discover some new disciplines, some things that maybe we haven't done before. Maybe that I would get up 10 or 15 minutes early and I would spend time uh, with my Bible. I would spend time in the word of God, that I would spend some time praying. That would be a really good discipline. Can I get an amen? Now, if you're a morning person, you're like, yes, 15 minutes early. If you're not a morning person, you're like, forget it, Pastor Brent. That is not a discipline that's gonna be happening in my life. But for you that are not morning people, I have a secondary option, at night. Maybe put your device away 15 minutes earlier, stop watching TV 15 minutes early and go spend time with the word of God. Go spend time in prayer. Find that new discipline that you can grow up in the things of God. Because all godly growth is a move towards health. All godly growth is a move towards health. And we're moving into the image of Christ. And I was reading this week and preparing, and I love this phrase. As we move to the image of Christ, we are moving to the exceptional. And that's who Jesus is, the ultimate representation of God and man. And this is who God has called us, he's called us to move into the image of Christ, Jesus exceptional in every way. How many of you could do with a little more exceptional and a little less mediocrity in your life? Man, that would be true of all of us. Instead of just the same old, same old, hey, let's find some way in life that I can be exceptional as I move to the image of Christ. So it's not just the acquisition of information that we're looking for this fall as we go to the word of God. We are looking for transformation, transformed into the image of Christ. Some of these uh, godly maturity things that we could talk about, that I would become more and more strong in God, that I would become more and more persistent, that I, have a, I would have a deep wellspring of joy in my life, that I have, would have the calm of wisdom, that I would have abiding peace. And then last week, as we focused on a little bit, that I would be more and more unselfish. Do we think that Jesus was unselfish? Come on now. He came to serve, not to be served. He came to lay his life down. He came to give himself 
for you and I. So as we move to the image of Christ, we will become more and more unselfish, not more and more selfish, not more self-centered, but less self-centered, more others-centered, more God-centered in our lives. And all of these things will be maturing and changed for us. We want to commit to the pattern of Scripture. And in the pattern of Scripture, we see the disciples, the apostles, they lived life with Jesus, that he was their, he was their rabbi, he was their mentor. He was the one that they would learn after. In, in some Jewish writings, there's this phrase that they, you would follow in the dust of your rabbi. In other words, you would be following so close to your rabbi as he walked and lived his life that his teaching, like the dust from his feet, because there's no paved roads, his teaching would get all over you. And the things that he did and the things that he said and how he lived his life, all of that, I would just get the dust of the rabbi all over me. And that's what we want as we follow Jesus more and more closely. So as we finished up last week, we talked about how we are formed by the Father and he wants us to be formed in his image. Isaiah 64 verse eight says this, yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. So he's shaping us. He wants to form us into the image of Christ because we are being formed into some image the culture has an image for you to be formed into, for, for you to talk, certain ways for you to live, but we want to be formed by the Father, by the great potter, and we want to become clay in his hands so that he can form us into the image of Christ. And how are we gonna do this? Here's where we finished off last week, Psalm 1, 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. So that first part, the things that we don't wanna do, we don't wanna sit around with the counsel of the wicked, the words of the wicked, the ways, the, the words of the sinners, the seed of the scoffers, where the scoffers are talking. But instead, we wanna sit in the word of God. We wanna meditate on the word of God day and night. We want to have God's words shape us. The scripture tells us in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we are formed into the image of Jesus, our faith grows all of the time. And as we expose ourselves to the word of God, my trust, my reliance on God just becomes the person that I am. Just gonna trust God. This thing comes up, I'm gonna put my faith in God. This other thing comes up, I'm gonna put my trust in God. And as we spend time in the word of God, our faith grows and then we are changed in to the image of Christ. Now, when we think about the word of the Father, the word of God, we think about house rules or, you know, did you have any house rules growing up? Your parents would tell you certain things about your house and here's what we're gonna do. And then sometimes you would have a friend come over that had different house rules. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And they would show up at your house and you had to go to bed at 10, but at someone's house, house, he was allowed to go to bed at 10.30. You're like, mom and dad, you know, I don't want to have to go to bed at 10 because so-and-so, he, at his house, they don't have to go to bed till 10.30. If you had good parents, what did they say? 
We're not in his house. <laughs> this is my house. Does God have house rules for us? Does he have words for us to operate by? His ways, God's ways are higher than our ways. You know, the, the world that we live in is inundated by secular humanism and secular humanism is just a way saying, hey, we don't, we don't actually need God. We can actually live without God. We as human beings can formulate a good society without God, without the transcendent, without the really high thoughts of God. And we can just figure out how to operate as a society. And, and most universities in their handbook will tell you that this is how they're operating. But we actually do need the house rules of God. And we as followers of Jesus, we should want to know how God wants us to live in the great commission that we would follow his teaching. And not just be looking to our friends and how they're living their lives or how the culture would dictate to us to live. That we would be living a different type of life, this exceptional life, moving to the image of Jesus. So with God's word, he wants to change our mind. He wants to change our character. He wants to change our habit. Our habits, how we do relationships and all of this is gonna be from the word of God how are words forming my thinking? It's a really good thing to think about. Because here they say this. Who are the they? We don't know. We don't actually know a lot of times why we follow the things we follow. They, they say this. And this is on social media and this is on TV and the news. The news says this, and this is the things the news says that we should really, really be worked up about. We should really care about what the people on the news tell us to care about. The they's in our life. A lot of times we don't even know who the they's are and the information that we believe, the things that has shaped our thinking and our character, we don't even know where those thoughts came from. But we as followers of Jesus should want the word of God, the ways of God, the high thoughts of God to shape our thinking and our lives. It is set in heaven, the scripture says, that God's word is set. And in other words, it's the highest place. It's the highest thing that we could understand. It's in this realm of God, this transcendent realm, but it doesn't just stay there. It comes to us in the scripture and it comes to us in Jesus so that we can understand the ways of God. So it's not just living in this plane that we can access. We have the word of God, we have the life of Jesus so that we can be taught it and then ultimately, it should show up in our lives. We should live it out. What it says, the scripture says about Jesus, the word of God became flesh. Jesus, the most powerful person who ever lived God in the flesh, exceptional as he was. See, and that's how you and I will be powerful in the ways of God. When the word of God becomes part of our flesh and we live it out. Now we're not gonna be the perfect sinless lamb of God, but this is what God is wanting his word to do in our lives, shape our thinking, form our thinking so that in our bodies, we are living out the kingdom of God. 
We don't care what time they go to bed at so-and-so's house. We have the ways of God. We don't care what the they's say. We have the word of God revealed to us and then shown to us in the person of Jesus. The word made flesh. Isaiah 40 verse eight says this, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. There's a bunch of contemporary thinking right now. It's brand new thinking. People are obsessed by it, impressed by it. But the word of God is gonna stand forever. The ways of God are gonna stand forever. John 17, 17, as he's praying, he says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. God's word, what God thinks about the situation, God's house rules are the truth. Not your truth, popular phrase that we say, because you don't actually have truth. You have an experience and you have an opinion, you have an idea, but truth comes from God himself. Sanctify us, set us apart, shape us into the image of Christ. How? By your word, because your word is truth. Not just something that comes from me, but something that comes from God that will shape me and change me. There's truth in the word of God. There's freedom in the word of God. John 8, verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth set you free. It's freedom in the truth, not your truth. In your truth, there's bondage. The stuff that you can come up with Spoken to us by the days of culture, there's bondage there. But in the truth of God, man, there's freedom in that. There's freedom to run the race that God has designed you for. What does the scripture tell us about running our race? That we would set aside the sins that so easily beset us and run the race that's out in front of us. If we just adopt the ways of the world, Man, these things will hinder us. These things will weigh us down. But there's true freedom in God. True freedom in God. Now, when we think about freedom, a lot of people define freedom like this. I can do whatever I want to do. And I'm truly free. But when we think about Olympic athletes that are going to excel, that are going to be exceptional, do they live free? In other words, they're gonna eat whatever they wanna eat. And they're just gonna do whatever they wanna do with their time. No, their time is set for them because there's training to do because they have a race to run. So when we think about freedom, it's not just I can do whatever I wanna do. I have to adopt the appropriate guidelines, limits, guardrails over my life so that I can run the race as efficiently as possible. So the freedom that we have in God is in the context of his word. 
house rules. What do you say? I know the culture says this, but what do you say? And when I do what you say, man, I find freedom, true freedom, not fake freedom. Because fake freedom says I'll do whatever I want to do, but true freedom says I can run my race unencumbered by sin, unencumbered by these weights and these things that would attach themselves to my life. Amen. It's good preaching right there, friends. Thank you. (laughs) Forced applause. (laughs) See, everything that we do and think as individuals, part of this that we have to know about ourselves, everything we do and think just isn't perfect. We need to be encouraged by the word of God, even though we are saved and we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Our thinking still needs to be formed and changed, encouraged, corrected, rebuked. Do you like to get rebuked? Generally, we don't like it, but don't we need it? Don't we need it from the word of God to just get corrected? But they say this, but the word of God says this. Well, I wanna allow the word of God to correct me and rebuke me and change me. We will live a productive life the more we yield ourselves to the word of God. John 15 verse three says this. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Don't you love that? that the word of God cleans us up. The more we expose ourselves to the word of God, the more saved, yes, on our way to heaven, yes. But our thinking needs to be adjusted, cleaned up. How's that gonna happen with the word of God? The washing of the water by the word. It's gonna, just gonna clean me up. The what the they's say, it might get you a little bit dirty. It might slow you down. It might get you off track, but we wanna be clean through the word of God. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, Jesus' words, God's words abide that we would stick close to the word of God. Listen, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, we'd like that second phrase. We said, ask whatever, ask whatever you wish. This sounds like I have three wishes from a genie. No, the first part is really important, that we would abide, we would stick close to the word of God, that we would be asking for the things that God wants me to ask. We would be asking based on the promises of God, not just my desires in this moment. God, what have you promised me? Where am I gonna get that? I'm gonna get that from the word of God. And those are the things that I'm gonna be asking for. Amen. Amen. But listen, but this, my father is, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So prove to be my disciples. This is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be disciples, not just Christians waiting to die and waiting for the return of Jesus. We're supposed to be disciples that our thinking would be shaped, that our asking would be shaped by the word of God. And when we're bearing fruit in these areas, 
man, we're proving to be his disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things have I spoken to you, that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full, a full life of joy. Don't you want that? That sounds really good. Joy from the presence of God. And this is how we need to think about the ways, the commandments of God Scripture says they're not grievous. In other words, they're not hard. They're not burdensome. But what are they a representation of? Love, the commandments of God. Words spoken to you. Things that you have been told by your father. Now, is any, if anybody wants to remember a, a season of life when you were being raised up by your parents and they told you something that you didn't like, And then maybe five or 10 or 15 years went by, or maybe you had your own child and you thought, oh, what mom said was true. I didn't like it in the moment. I didn't want to do what they said, but I know that it came from love. And that's what it's like to abide in the commandments of God that I am, cho- I am choosing. See, God never separates us from his love, but we can try to step away from his love by trying to step away from his commandments, the things that he says to us. The correction. Parents, we know now we hated it when we were living at home, but now we love it. We love to give correction to our kids. But what should that correction be sourced in? Man, it's sourced in love. That the thing that I didn't actually like, that I didn't appreciate in the moment was actually coming from a heart of love. And this is how the word of God is. The word of God is not necessarily gonna line up with the days of culture. But God loves you more than the days of culture and is interested in your flourishing and your success more than the days of culture because he is your father. Philippians 2, 16 says, holding fast to the word of life so that they, that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. I have a race to run. I have a work to do set apart for the purposes of God. Holding fast to the word of life. The word of God is the word of life. The ways of God is the way of life. So we have the scriptures, we have the laws given. And it's given in a very specific context. And there's stories given to us. And that's a bunch of the scriptures, just a bunch of stories. And so what I'm supposed to do as I go to the word of God, as I'm supposed to extract wisdom for today from the ancient wisdom. Wisdom for today from the ancient wisdom. Matthew chapter five, here Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, which many scholars would say that this would be the sermon that Jesus would preach 
into this, every city that he would go to. Matthew chapter five, verse 17, he says this. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, and that would be the Hebrew Bible. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them, accomplish them for us. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now think about what Jesus said there. And this potentially could be a thing today because we have grace. We have God's grace. That I, we did a whole series on grace earlier this year. That we know that we can't make ourselves righteous except for the grace of God. And so we kind of think, well, then I can just do whatever I want to do. But here Jesus is saying, we're not relaxing. We're not making it easier. In other words, the standard isn't any lower, but we're reminding ourselves we have grace. Thank God for grace. And that the grace helps us to live into the image of Jesus, to be sanctified into the image of Jesus. Verse 24, I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Listen to what he says. You have heard it was said of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. So Jesus is not going to lessen this rule, this law. He's not going to be like, hey, it's okay. There's grace. It's okay if you just want to kill one or two people. Jesus is not going to lessen this rule. Let's see what he does. But I say to you, it's the word of God. Now, Jesus is going to help us here <laughs> to read our Bibles. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to the judgment. So what, what is a step back from murder? Um, anger? Murder is a problem. We know this. But Jesus is saying the source of the murder is also a problem. Well, I didn't kill them, but I hate them. And I tell other people to hate them. And I go online and I post about them. And I get other people to hate them. I'm just really angry with them. And I live my life in anger. Jesus is saying, it's not just that murder is the problem. It's the source of the murder is the problem. That you'll be liable to judgment just the same. Has anyone in the room ever had a problem with anger? It's just like murder. And we could dodge that bullet and be like, no, I don't want to think about that. I just want to be an angry person. I have good reason to be angry. How the world has treated me, how they treated me. Just angry all of the time. Jesus is raising the standard for us, not making it lower just because he's gonna provide grace for us. He's moving us to the exceptional. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Hello? Just like an, you fool? 
that's like the, the requirement. I've said way worse than that. That's the source of the problem. Do you understand? Jesus is getting right to the root in our hearts. Not just the end result, that's the problem. He's just digging right down on the inside of us. He's wanting us to change our thinking. He's wanting us to be formed into the image of God. Now listen to this. So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there at the altar and go first to be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer to your gift. Think about this. You're trying to do something for God. You're trying to offer. You're trying to give God your tithes and offerings. You're trying to worship God. And in that moment, he reminds you, hey, you and -and so-and-so have a deal. I need you to work that out. But God, I just wanna worship you with my tithes and offerings today. I wanna give what's holy to you. God speaks to us in our heart and says, I need you to go work that thing out. In other words, God says, you and I are fine. It's this is the problem, how you're living this life with each other. Go and work that out and then come back and offer your gift to God. Isn't that just deal? See, we, we just want to skip all that stuff. We just want to be mean. We want to be angry. We want to call people names. And we just kind of want to come. God, I love you so much. I worship you. He interrupts all of that and wants to deal with something in our heart. Finally, this Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to the dividing of soul and spirit's joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of whom, to whom we must give an account. And that just got serious for us. That we would actually take the word of God seriously. That it just gets right down to the center of my heart. So when I'm going to the word of God, and this is one of the disciplines that I encourage you this fall, don't just read the word of God, let it read you. Let it get right down in your heart. That story read there, or we read there in Matthew, that's an explicit command. But then there's like a story. Sometimes we just read a story about somebody. And as we read that story, just don't pass it by. Oh, that's a cute story. God, what are you trying to tell me from this story? Am I the one in the story that you're rebuking? Am I the one in the story that you're trying to change? Am I the one in the story that doesn't have godly faith? What are you trying to tell me? Because your word speaks directly to the core of my being. And I know that you're trying to move me to the image of Christ because you're my father and you love me and you care about me. You want me to be changed into the image of Jesus. Let's pray this morning.
God, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you are speaking to us today by your word that comes from a heart of love. And the changes that you want us to all make this year, this fall, God, we are open to change. We don't wanna stay the same. We want you to shape us and form us into the image of Christ. We're so thankful for salvation, Lord. We're so thankful for grace and that we know you, but we are also thankful that you are discipling us, that you are teaching us, that you are causing us to grow. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, I mentioned grace there a minute ago. And if you are here this morning and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, the only way we can do that is to receive the gift of salvation. God, through Jesus, made a way for us to have a relationship with himself. We don't have a relationship with God because we're so perfect, because we aren't. None of us are. We don't have a relationship with God by creating some sort of religion and then offering that to God. You know, God has come down from heaven in Christ and has made a way for us to have a relationship with God. And all we have to do is say yes. Everybody needs that starting point where you make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you're here this morning and you have never done that, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me to say yes to Jesus. Or maybe you're here this morning and you feel like at one time you were really close to God, but something happened, maybe something difficult, and you kind of feel like that you are really distant from God this morning. You know, God is not mad at you. God invites you close to himself again. So I'm gonna pray this prayer and I invite you to pray along with me. Church, let's pray this out loud together, helping somebody who might be rededicating their life to Christ or praying it for the very first time. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life, died on the cross, and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So I say yes to that relationship today. I say yes to your righteousness. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I call you my Father. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's congratulate those that did that today for the first time. Hey, that's great. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, said yes to Jesus, and as we mentioned, that's just a starting point. But God has called us all into this life of discipleship as we've been talking about today. And we actually, we have some materials that we would love to put into your hand that will help you to start that journey of discipleship. Um, if you just head out to the info desk in the lobby and let them know that you said yes to Jesus or you can fill out the connect card, um, there's, there's a box on there for that. If you give it to them at the info desk, it's just out these main doors to the left, just beyond the bathrooms, and they will give you those materials. If you are watching us online today, if you just email us at info at thecitychurch.ca, 
we would be happy to get those same materials into your hand, but we are excited that you made that decision today. Um, like I said, you know, this whole fall is all about us reaching people and growing. And one of the areas of growth uh, for you is to realize, you know, if this is your home church, I would love an opportunity to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ, have an opportunity to serve the city. And our city team is all about that. So you can sign up. Uh, for the city team, we have lots of areas for you to serve. If you're an introvert, we've got places for introverts. If you're extrovert, there's places for extroverts. And there's just an opportunity for you to use your gifts and talents um, to serve other people here in the church. So you can sign up for that at the info desk and then also on our website. And then this fall, uh, launching in a couple of weeks, we have 14 different city groups that are available for you. Awesome, it's so exciting. And what our city groups are is for you to be able to create, um, creating an environment for friendship. Now we know that you can't be best buddies with somebody day one, but groups are all about creating that environment where friendships can flourish. So if you're like, I'm new to the church, I don't have a lot of friends, two great spots for you to have some friends here at the church, obviously number one by serving and then secondarily, getting to be in part of one of our city groups. You can sign up for that online and then in a couple of weeks, we'll have um, some signups available for you. And then lastly, uh, something that we're doing this fall is we're having something called City School. And City School is gonna start Wednesday, October the 5th, and it's gonna be five different uh, Wednesday nights from October to the end of November. And we're bringing Pastor Marge Denti in. He spoke here in the summer and he's just gonna be talking about the Bible. He's gonna, if you don't know why we have the certain books in the Bible, how did the Bible become the Bible? We're gonna talk about that in this, in this class. There's gonna be five sessions, two hours each, and it's gonna be $30 for you to sign up for City School. Now somebody's like, why isn't it free? The reason it's not free is when we have free events, you don't show up. So if you have a little bit of skin in the game, we will see you at City School and we have made it as easy as possible for you to sign up for City School. Calvin is out there in the lobby right now at a table just outside the main doors. So if you wanna sign up for City School, learn all, all about the Bible, how to interpret the Bible, how to apply the Bible, it's just gonna be a great uh, few weeks um, of lessons at City School. You can sign up for that at the lobby as soon in the lobby as soon as we are dismissed. Let's all stand up together today. Thank you for coming to church this morning. Have a great afternoon and we will see you next Sunday. You are dismissed.